Welcome to our podcast, Oncology Morning Commute, Improving Equity in Healthcare. Morning Commute is developed in collaboration with At Point of Care and Projects and Knowledge and is part of a continuing medical education series. This independent CME-CE activity is supported by an educational grant from Astellas, Merkin Company, Pharmacyclics, and AbbVie Company, and Janssen Biotech. In this episode, Dr. Otis Brawley and Dr. Christopher Flowers will continue their discussion on disparities in oncology care, with a focus on health equity. What causes health inequity? Is it lack of access to care, cancer screenings, early diagnoses? How do socioeconomic variables factor in? These and more will be discussed in this podcast. Information about the faculty and disclosures can be found at morningcommutepodcast.com forward slash disparities two. You can use this link to receive your credit and evaluate this program. The URL can also be accessed in the episode notes. Dr. Brawley is a professor in the Department of Oncology at Johns Hopkins University, Baltimore, Maryland. Dr. Flowers is division head ad interim of the Division of Cancer Medicine and is professor and chair of lymphoma and myeloma at MD Anderson Cancer Center, Houston, Texas. I am Candace Hoffman, managing editor of Morning Commute. Dr. Brawley will begin our discussion. Chris, thank you for joining me again. Let's talk a little bit about improving equity in healthcare. First, we used to talk about health disparities. Now we talk about health equity. You want to tell us a little about what is health equity? Thanks, Otis. It's really a pleasure to have a chance to talk with you again about this really important topic. So when we think about uh, health equity, health equity is the attainment of the highest level of health for all people. And ultimately this uh, involves valuing every individual as a person to be able to understand where inequities in the healthcare system uh, may arise. And as we talked about in the prior podcast, those are typically related to social determinants of health or socioeconomic factors that lead to health disparities. Some of these can be historical and some contemporary injustices. And the elimination of those uh, injustices ultimately are necessary to lead to health equity for individuals and for populations. Can you just mention some of the common uh, burdens that certain groups carry that others don't carry as much of when we talk about health equity? So there are a number of them, and it's difficult to produce a truly exhaustive list of the number of factors uh, that lead to inequities in the healthcare system. Uh, But some of those are differences uh, in access to care, differences in screening and early diagnosis, and those can uh, relate to uh, social uh, economic uh, variables like Uh, poverty, uh, like lack of insurance or poor insurance uh, programs, uh, like uh, rural status uh, that keeps uh, individuals at uh, places that where individuals live at a great distance uh, from access to healthcare facilities, uh, or other uh, sorts of uh, barriers uh, that can uh, ultimately lead to uh, inequities in care. Yeah, it's interesting as we look at national data it's becoming more apparent that people who either don't have insurance or have poor insurances or poor people 
are less likely to get high quality care, high quality mammography if we're talking about screening or even pap smears, as well as less likely to get high quality care. Part of that is because of inavailability of high quality. And part of it is due to things like, and help me, transportation, legal, uh, insurance issues, other things. Can you talk a little about that? Sure. So many of those factors uh, can uh, create uh, challenges in getting access to care. So transportation uh, is a key one. So I mentioned rural populations that live at a great uh, distance uh, from an academic medical center or from an urban medical center. Uh, but those could happen even for individuals who live directly uh, in close proximity who just don't have the types of transportation. You can imagine that the person that uh, gets uh, in their car or gets in their Uber to come to a cancer care uh, to receive their cancer care is very different from the person who has to take two or three buses, uh, as some of my patients uh, have in the past, to be able to get their care. Um, that is very different uh, in terms of how that care is able to be received uh, and processed. Likewise, uh, those uh, two examples of patients might have uh, dramatic differences in terms of the kinds of social support you could imagine they would have once they get home uh, from their cancer care. One might have other family members or individuals around their home or even be able to hire a caregiver to provide the kind of social support that they need in recovery from their, their cancer care. And another individual may uh, be taking those buses because there is no one at home uh, who's uh, not working at the time that can provide that kind of support. Now we're talking about causes of disparities at various levels, and you talked about at, at the patient level or the family level. Let's talk about some of the stuff that we have that shows our data, saying that stuff, on how can improve the quality of the doctor. Uh, there's some really interesting studies that show doctors who take care of their patients and do better. You want to talk about that? Sure. So uh, as data you're very familiar with, uh, what we know is that uh, doctors who put patients on clinical trials uh, for cancer, uh, part of their cancer care, actually take better of their cancer patients, not just those patients who are on clinical trials, but also patients who are not being cared for on clinical trials. On average, you know, as uh, many as four to seven percent of patients go on clinical trials, but it's those other 93 percent of patients who are not on clinical trials who are actually getting better care from those doctors who participate in clinical trial programs. That's probably uh, in part because of the uh, attention to detail that has to happen on a clinical trial, both with the monitoring of the patient, collection of labs, collection of additional data, monitoring for toxicities of the medication, and that kind of attention to detail that happens on a clinical trial likely also helps those doctors and the teams that take care of those patients to take better care of the patients who are not on clinical trials as well. Yeah, if a doctor puts three to five percent of their patients on clinical trials, they take better care of the other 95 to 97 percent who are not on clinical trials. And it's, it's a reason why we should all try to take part in clinical trials. Now, we'll talk about cultural competence. You know, it's one of those buzz phrases that we have out there. Um, what is cultural competence to you? And you've been previous conversations made a statement which I just absolutely love. 
go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think cultural competency in itself is sometimes difficult to measure. Uh, cultural incompetency is something that's easy to see and to recognize uh, when you see it. But I think a, a lot of it uh, amounts to uh, physicians and other care providers uh, educating themselves about how to care for their patients. You know, I uh, use an example of uh, one of our faculty uh, who was at uh, another uh, facility uh, for training. And during his training as a, a medical oncology fellow, he was very commonly uh, an interpreter for all of the physicians uh, within their system for uh, Spanish-speaking patients because uh, Spanish-speaking uh, interpreters were not as readily available. Uh, and that cult uh, in addition to just the language barrier, there were also cultural barriers to the understanding of those patients in the, in the system that he was in. Uh, and that sort of cultural translation uh, and care for patients is something that all of us uh, need uh, to respond to in terms of the ways that we think of patients who are different from, uh, from ourselves. Well, what you're telling me is cultural confidence is really caring about patient. It gets back to the old Francis Peabody uh, lectures back in the 1920s or the Sir William Osler discussions, you know, the secret in caring for the patient is caring about the patient. That is absolutely right. I mean, uh, we go back to the example of the patient that I was uh, used as an example who takes three buses to, to receive their cancer care. Understanding and recognizing that about the patient and understanding how that might affect the ways that you deliver care to a patient uh, are exactly the kinds of things that we uh, need as physicians and care providers in our cultural competency. It's really understanding all of these social determinants of health that are influencing the care delivery beyond just the, the treatment itself. You know, one of the things that I worry about is that nowadays uh, we don't have enough time to with our patients and get to know them and get to know their problems, get to know their concerns. Uh, do you know of any programs that are trying to go help with that, like navigation or other things? So patient navigators uh, are, are key components of that. There are a number of uh, cancer centers that have been involved in navigation programs that can help uh, with educating patients and guiding them through the process of care. But uh, as you mentioned, a lot of this is uh, caring about the patient and the attention to detail. Uh, that does not take a whole lot of time. It's really probing to understand what are the other factors that might affect a patient uh, and then going beyond that uh, to be able to pursue the kinds of uh, social support that are needed to be able to provide high quality care. Yeah. Providing that additional social support may, may take time, uh, but the probing question to find out what, what's needed doesn't take a whole lot of time. Yeah. You know, when we talk about health equity and the question of how to improve equity, I always think about that uh, uh, there's a slide that a lot of people have in their talks now that the difference between equality and equity, equality is giving everybody the same thing. Equity is realizing that certain populations need something in addition to get where we all want to get. And understanding those needs and then helping get them that extra. Uh, I just hope that our medical systems uh, 
allow for us to give people that little bit of extra that they need to get all humans want to be. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining me in this conversation. We've been talking about improving equity in healthcare with Dr. Chris Flowers, Dr. Otis Brawley. Thank you, Otis. Thank you for joining us today. Remember, to receive your credit and evaluate this program, please visit morningcommutepodcast.com forward slash disparities two. For all the episodes in this series, please visit morningcommutepodcast.com forward slash disparities. Thank you.